Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you, honey. Yeah. All right, we're going to dismiss children and allow them to go to classes in the back with Pastor Ben, Miss Jody, peanut butter and jelly, as we like to call them, Pastor Ben and Jody. Rest of you, get your Bible. Let's hold it up. We're going to declare who we are. You ready? Come on, let's say it. This is my Bible. It is the standard I live my life by. I am a spirit-filled believer, sustained by my personal relationship with the Lord, empowered by my commitment to community, and expressed throughout reach to others. Therefore, I can say, and, um, all right. Hey, I want us to give a very special lady a shout-out today, Miss Nancy Carter over in the Monticello area. She's been on assignment, really, for several years, taking care of her elderly mother, that was 91 years old. Her mother graduated to be with the Lord a couple of days ago, and uh, Nancy will be back. At, you know, we've been in touch a, a lot and texting and calling, and, and every text, she, she would always say, have I told you lately how much I love God? Isn't that awesome? And on assignment, taking care of her mother. So let's give Miss Nancy a shout out. She's watching right now. Yay. Can't wait to have you back. Also, I see in the house, Rick Martin, stand up. Come on, Rick. Harold Maynard, stand up. Y'all come up here real quick, guys. I need that microphone. Come on up real quick. You know, um, so much of the world's just shut down, and we understand that, but we're not shut down. And uh, Rick, come tell us what you just did at your Bible schools in Egypt, what you accomplished. Now, I don't need you to preach. I need you to, <laughs> need you to, and then Harold's been on a scouting trip for future trips for us in Kenya. So tell us what you did. Uh, well, we had a great time. Just got back Thursday. Um, we had our big conference, our annual conference, and we brought the, the most notable thing. We wound up bringing up over 100 people from Menia, which is in Upper Egypt, and wow. that's a restricted region. So it was really, really cool to see those people come out of that restricted region and come get filled with the Spirit, get filled with the teaching, and then take it back. So, and, and then real small, real quick, last thing. Yeah, tell them. Um, we've been trying to, to reach in further and further. You guys know we have Oman and different areas. I, we were able just to translate books into Turkish now. And so we're sending books into Turkey. We made connections in Turkey. I'll be going in August, and we'll be starting a branch in Turkey. Wow. So God's doing good things. Brother. Well, I want to thank you all for, for praying for me. Uh, I left the country rather ill, and came back healed. Yeah. So I appreciate your prayers. Most of you will remember Bishop Cheggy yeah. from Kenya, our main contact who looks out for us when we're there. And we were able to visit with several of his churches that are under his oversight. And we are planning a trip, uh, another medical trip for next May or June. Uh, 23, and hopefully it'll be a, a big team, and hopefully all the logistics of airports and all of that will be gone by yeah. then. Yeah. Um, they are, uh, they have been hit very hard, not, not so much from COVID per se, but from tourism, for people not being able to travel. The, the country really is suffering uh, from, from lack of its biggest industry, tourism. So just keep praying for the nation of Kenya, and if you want to go next year, come talk to me, and we'll start planning. All right. Thank you. That's awesome. Come on. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's do this. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. 
praying for the works there. And Rick, you know, this is your tithe. Remember, we go supporting missions around the world. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. And also, we're lifting up Ukraine. We're just lifting up this horrible situation uh, for the one-man war to end. Amen? Okay, let's go to the Lord. Just lift your hands. Father, thank you, Lord, for our men and ladies, missions we're doing around the world, taking part, going. We're grateful for how you used Rick and what's taking place in Egypt, Dr. Maynard and what's taking place in Kenya. Now, Lord, we lift up Ukraine, Father, the innocent, the children, the people, Father, right now. Lord, would you apprehend, help there to be a stopping and a ceasing, Father, of this one-man war. So, God, our eyes on you. We rest in you and help us to be able to encourage others that would be paralyzed with fear right now. And all of God's people say, amen. amen. All right, turn your bulletin over. If you're watching online, you can download the notes for today. And um, I'm excited about this. Um, I want to begin speaking on lessons in faith. Jeanette kind of gave you a little prelude, just sharing an example from her own life. We all face these things where suddenly faith is not there, right? Prayer for the kid, this situation, a health issue. Hey, I tell you what, you got a health issue, come to church, you get healed. Go on a mission trip, you get healed. Look what the Lord did for Harold. That's a powerful thing. But I'm excited about this. It helps me when preparing to share. It's it just stretches my faith. Remember, we brought our little guy up here uh, last Sunday, the stretchy guy, and stretch his arms that far. And if you're not being stretched, you ain't doing nothing. Can I just be honest? I mean, every day, our life, it's being stretched, and it's okay. Everybody say it's okay. Now, we're going to be in Hebrews 11 and Mark 9. If you want to mark that spot in your Bible or however you're doing it, maybe it's on your phone. But I'm going to start in Hebrews 11, go to Mark 9, then go back to Hebrews 11. Forward in faith, lessons in faith today. Here we go. Without what? It's what? To please who? How many think faith is a very important element, virtue, quality, something we continually develop in our life? We have to have this operating us through us if we're going to please God. You've heard the religious saying, oh, I just want to live for the glory of God. You know, I'm going, great, what are you doing? How are you being stretched? How are you following through? Don't give me a lingo. Let me see some action. Show me what's taking place. So as we share through the year, areas to go forward in faith, that's our theme for the whole year, faith has to be present and operating. Is it operating in your life right now? It's such a key in your walk with the Lord. So I have a total of seven nuggets that we're going to look at in Hebrews 11. That's too many to do in one day. So this will be a twofer. Everybody say a twofer. (laughs) So it'll be a two-part message to cover it all. And I pray you get at least one nugget. Now, many of these, maybe, maybe you're operating in all seven of them, and that is fantastic as we go through Hebrews 11. Maybe one of them really speaks out to you. You know, we live in an age that is in direct opposition to this topic, direct opposition. Our country is really against this. Religion is against this. They do not understand faith nor appreciate you wanting to live in this direction. We live in an age of skepticism. We can be skeptical of just about everything. 
not sure what source to trust, right? Come on. I've seen this bumper sticker, and it just grieves me. It says, question authority. Now, we need to ask questions. There's nothing wrong asking questions that everyone says. But questioning authority is saying, I'm God over you. It really is. We live in an age now that fosters doubt, unbelief, attitude, judgmentalism, criticism. But with God, our individual walk with God, forward motion. Everybody say forward motion. We need to have our foundation built on faith. You know, Victory Christian Fellowship was established by faith almost 32 years ago, starting with just a few who could see something with us. They could see. We wanted to see a spirit-filled, life-giving church where Jesus reigns. Not flesh, Jesus reigns. Everybody say Jesus. People finding freedom. Man, you sang it today. I pray maybe you were singing that breaking every chain off of you, a loved one, people getting free in the Lord, finding purpose. And then you can have a walk in faith, a walk in faith. Jeanette and I with, at that time, two sons, third one came later after we moved here. And by faith, we, we, I mean, we looked like the Beverly Hillbillies when we moved here. We really did. It was hilarious trying to get all of Jeanette's stuff, I mean, all our stuff from Louisiana. <laughs> Everybody say stuff. Uh, But we had a dream to plant a perpetual life-giving local church. And you are the result of some people trusting and having faith in God. Come on, let's give yourself a hand clap right there. Yeah. You know, Abraham got a promise from God that he'd be the father of many nations. Yet he didn't have one child. But he had that promise. He was struggling to believe it. So God brought him outside and said, Look at the stars. Our God is a visual God. Man, he's an architect of life and visual pictures. And he said, look up at the sky. And he did. He said, so shall your offspring be. God gave a visual, a picture. And really, you're a visual, the picture of what we could see way back then. You know, when uh, trustees and all, when we bought this property, when then we bought some more, I took a big piece of graph paper and kind of just drew out where buildings could potentially go based on, you know, the land being uh, wavy and hilly and so forth. And it's amazing. It looks about 90% exactly like I did just one time, just sat down, kind of like that vision coming. I knew one day that the vision would be a reality. And listen, it's not about buildings and it's not about land. It's about people. And you are the people. And everyone says... See, faith is when God takes a dream inside of our heart and turns it into a reality, and I want that for every one of you, the reality of what you are trusting the Lord in faith. Victory Christian Fellowship is a family of faith. Everybody say faith. All right, let's start with this story in Mark 9. I love this story. It helps me tremendously. Let's see if it helps anyone else. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, Jesus, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit. Come on, parents, maybe you got one like that. That has, (laughs) that was a joke, okay. That spirit has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, throws him to the ground, he foams at the mouth, gnashing his teeth and becoming rigid. This is a horrible situation. 
Ask your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. Listen, sometimes when the spirit of God is moving, things happen in people that have demonic oppression. And that's okay. We're going to get free. The boy fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this from childhood? He answered, it often has thrown him into the fire or water to what? To kill him. Now, notice this next phrase. I think this is where some of us are from time to time, okay? Uh, Jeanette even kind of alluded to that in her prayer to God. But if you can do anything, this is the boy's father. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you want to. I don't know if you will. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Now, Jesus takes exception to that phrase. Aren't you glad? So say it real bold, the next three words. If you can, can you see Jesus right then with like, what do you mean? If you can, everything is possible for him who believes. Everything is possible for him who believes. Now that, okay, Jesus, that's great. Doesn't make it any easier because I'm trying. <laughs> I'm here. Brought him to the disciples. They couldn't do anything. I'm bringing him to you. He's foaming at the mouth and, you know, all this stuff going on right now. I'm trying to believe. And the Father said something I believe we can all relate to. Immediately, the boy's father explained, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Kind of like, now how many can find yourself sometimes like that, okay? So I dedicate this message today to every person who would say that last statement. I do believe. Here I am praying, hoping, anticipating. I'm going to trust you, Lord. But doubt and fear are knocking at my heart. Is it really going to happen? Help my unbelief. So let me begin to give you some lessons in faith. Hebrews 11 is really just such a tremendous roadmap, not only showing what these men and women of God did in old, but really what we can do. Everybody say, I can do it. Okay. There may be not... Like I said, they might not all apply to you. Maybe you've got real victory in certain areas. That's awesome. But then you're going to be able to help others, and we need reminding of this constantly. The byproduct, it will increase your faith, and it's going to change our lives in Jesus' name. So, everybody with me? Let's go to Hebrews 11. A lot of scholars, pastors will call this the Hall of Fame of Faith, and I agree. At home, you know, just read the whole chapter. But it starts off by defining what faith is. Now, faith is being, say the next word. Sure. Faith is being. Sure. Hmm. Can't see it. Can't figure this out. Don't know how. Don't know when. I bet when Dr. Maynard was going overseas, and if you've never flown overseas on a plane, Wow, that's an experience. And knowing he wasn't feeling good, he did it by faith, and the Lord healed him. Hallelujah. Can't see this. Can't figure this out. I don't know 
which to choose and making this decision kind of thing, hoping it works out. But I'm sure in my hope. Hello, I'm sure in my hope. Everybody say hope. So it's sure of something, and what I'm sure in is my hope. Look, look at this. Next thing. What we hope for, and say the next word. Say sure and certain. Sure and certain. Sure and certain. Sure and certain. Say it again. Sure and certain. Sure and certain. I mean, it's just, it just, it's just there. I'm certain of something, then I can't even see it. If you've not walked this yet in your life for that family member, for yourself, for the job, this is the next thing God is wanting you to step into is understanding faith, faith lessons from heroes of old. I'm certain of something I cannot see. You know, I want to encourage you, anything that God has done where you activated your faith, God came through, share those testimonies with people. That's one of the best witnessing things, especially with the lost. You don't have to preach at them, yell at them, fuss at them. Just tell them what God's done for you because you're sure and you're certain. You have a story, certain of something you can't see. Now, how do you get there? There's um, no, nothing necessarily to go backward to. It's all going forward in faith. That's where all of us are going, Okay. Verse 2 tells you clearly how to get there. This is what the ancients, the ones before you, as you will read in chapter 12, do that later, who are in the grandstands cheering you on that have already walked this walk of faith. This is why your Bible is so important. This is why asking God to cause it to come alive for you, not just so you understand it in your head, but you can understand it down in your spirit. This is what they were applauded for and they were commended for, the ancients. And they're there in chapter 12 really as a cloud of witnesses cheering you and I on, okay? You're not alone. They were honored because they went through exactly what you and I go through and they made great decisions, great decisions. It's not just up to God. It's a, a lot of it is decisions we make in God. So this chapter goes person by person, pointing out in that chapter what it was that they did that made them people of faith. So here's my thought. If we study what they did, if we just look at what they did, maybe there's a lesson in there for me, for you, that we can do. Are you with me? All right. Very first one. Abel's lesson, put God first. I know that. Okay, well, let's, let's see what that literally means. Put God first. Abel was Adam and Eve's child. For a lot of people, they have a relationship with God where he's some part of their life, okay? Just, just a part. Uh, let's apply it this way. Most of you have a smartphone or some type of... Uh, electronic phone, and you have different apps on your phone. How many have phones like that? Okay. For many people, God is an app on their phone. Let's see. I need something from you. This is what I need. Boop. Done. And now I'll go back to my life, me, 
how I want it. That's most people. You know, we live in a Bible Belt area in Kentucky. Thank God. I'm so grateful for it. And most people, God is somewhere in their world. But for many of those, God's just a part on their list. Just a part. Maybe a very fractional of a part. He's just not at the top of the list. And my thought, as we look at this in Scripture, and we go back to Genesis in a moment, if he's not at the top of the list, is he really on the list? Because he's only going to have one place, folks. He's got to be first. God wants to be first. Jesus wants to be first. Holy Spirit wants to walk right by you and make Jesus so, so real. Until you decide to put him at first place in your life, you have never taken really the first step of faith. And that is, I'm going to make Jesus, you are the priority relationship. You. Salvation is not joining a church. That's a great thing to do. I encourage you, have a, have a home church. That's very, very important. Salvation is certainly not becoming more religious. And everybody who's been delivered from religion say, salvation is when you reorder your life, your list, your priorities to reflect the fact, the truth that he is now priority relationship in your life. Put God first. When you have done that, that is a reflection of true salvation. And we learned this in the very first story of Hebrews 11. Faith, the hall of fame of faith, when it says it in verse 4 like this. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he did something better than his brother. They say that Cain tried to offer a better sacrifice, but he wasn't able. All right, you needed to preach your joke there, okay. By faith, he was commended, Abel was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, that dude still speaks. He's speaking right now. If you understand Hebrews 11 and tie this in right here, even though he is dead. He's graduate. He's part of the Hall of Fame up there, cheering us all on. In other words, you gave the right kind of offering. Your brother didn't. Now, go back to Genesis. Let me show you some of the details of this story real quick. You see how this first place thing, it's a big deal to God. I said it's a big deal to God. So, underline this phrase as we go in Genesis 4. I want you to study it yourself. In the course of time. Everybody say, in the course of time. So God, when I have some time, I'm going to fit you in my life. If I don't want to go to the lake or do, you know, just come on, whatever it is, the day. In the course of time, Cain waited. He brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. The reason Cain brought fruit is his occupation. He was a farmer. It was great what he brought. It was just the priority and the order was all out of whack. Well, Mark, that sounds religious. I'm just reading you the scripture. 
And I'm not saying let's get religious in this. I want my heart to reflect your first. You with me? All right. They didn't have currency, no money to give as an expression of worship, so you would bring what you grew or increase from your flock or whatever you've done. Hey, God, I've got some vegetables for you, some fruit. I'm going to bring it to you. But Cain did not bring it in a priority type of way, plain and simple, just over the course of time when he got a round to it. Everybody know what a round to it is? There it is. That's, that's, there you go. Print that off, stick it in your pocket. You have a round to it, and you can't use that as an excuse, okay? <laughs> Had to put that up there. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn. Everybody say firstborn. In the course of time, I'm going to get round to it, are the firstborn of his flock. First goat, lamb, bull, I mean, whatever it was, not knowing if there would be another one, but he brought the first. So let me help us right here with this first one. Are you with me? God is interested in the order in which we do things. He really is. My wife is interested in the order I do things. If she's the last one I tend to in a given month, guess who's in trouble? Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, order is important in relationships, very important with God. Priority matters to God. So God honors the first of everything. First, communicate to God priority, and when you do it, takes care of, it takes great faith, and God just steps in and honors your life when you do that. Place a priority on him. This is why we, the church, worship on the first day of the week. You're here. You were here for praise and worship. I love it. Everybody gets here early, and you, you're just, just, just a part. God honors that. He smiles at that. It communicates something to God. Before I do anything else, you have first place in my life. You're communicating that right now to God by being here. When you do, listen, when you do that, you're giving the opportunity for your faith to grow. When you start your day off, God, thank you for this day. Go to the Lord in prayer, reading your Bible. I encourage people to one your Bible or some plan so you're consistent. Your worship. I mean, folks, it, I don't get to do this. I, I have to do this. Not because God will be mad at me if I miss or so forth. It's just I can't function until I give him my first. Before we have prayer here on Monday morning at 7, I have a long time at the house before I get here. I, I, I'm here. It, 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 he has to be first. He has to be first. When you do it, communicates by faith to God. You are the priority relationship. And when you do that, your faith grows. The same thing with the tithe. People can get so confused. Tithing is a test to say, God, before anything else, I'm releasing back to you what already belongs to you, the tithe. And then the blessing of God can flow. You have first place in my finance. It's the order. He wants to be first in our life. And everyone says, 
Enoch's lesson, number two, walk with God. If you want to have faith, you have to come to a place where he's not just a Sunday morning God. No, 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 no. You walk with him. He walks with you. The Holy Spirit, your best friend, right there, step by step. You've heard a lot about that this year, just taking a step. And as we take a step, the Lord takes a step with us, right? Every day, all along the way, you include God in your life. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. How many would like the Enoch way to go to heaven? Not a bad thing, huh? He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who, say the next word, pleased God. He pleased God. You know what that word literally means? He walked with God. And because he walked with God, it pleased God. God said, come on up here. Wow. You want to see it? Can you imagine just walking with God and talking with God? And Man, I like you so much. Just come on up here. It's awesome. So let's go back in Genesis to see this. Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. This verse literally means in step with God. Okay, Lord, you're first. You are the priority relationship. Okay, I'm going to be a person. You are priority. Okay, now I'm going to walk with you, and you're going to walk the way. I think too often, especially in our American culture, we want God to be that celestial Santa Claus. I got a need. I'm going to run to church, get to pray to pray with me, and then go off and live a life just totally goofy. Come on, are you with me? And if he's not first... And if we're not walking with him, we're not living a life of faith. Man, I want the body of Christ, all of us here, to be people of faith. It wasn't this, okay, God, I'm going to do a little bit of this, and I'll do a quick little devotion. Or do, no, no, no. No, God, you're first. God, I'm going to walk with you. Even I don't feel it maybe yet. don't understand it fully, but we're going to walk together. You really want to grow in faith with God, really with anything, the closer you get to that thing, the more you get to know it. If you want your relationship with your spouse to grow, you get close. You spend time, you talk, you laugh, you communicate. You know, Jeanette and I have been married 40 years. We had our anniversary a couple of months ago, and I trusted her the day we got married. But after 40 years of marriage, it's just so solid. Isn't it amazing? Those of you who have been married any length of time, it's so funny. I'll be thinking something, and she'll say what I'm thinking. I'll start a sentence, and she finishes it, or she starts it, and I finish it. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? It's just like you're in sync. You're just in step with one another. Something else, family, I've been serving God wholeheartedly really since a boy. Have I had disappointment? You bet. Have I had loss? You bet. Have I had unexpected sudden death with loved ones and family? A lot. But he's never failed me. He's, he's, he stayed right there walking with me. And he'll stay right there walking with you if you make the decision, I'm going to walk with you. I, I'm, I'm not going to pout or be disappointed if it doesn't go my way. I'm going to walk with you. And you're going to help me understand, and even if I don't understand everything now, in in heaven, you're going to explain it. You're awesome. You're wonderful. I'm going to continue to walk with him. 
I can say in confidence there's nothing in me that doubts him because I choose to just stay in step. Now, do I mess up? Sure. Do I get out of step sometimes? Absolutely. You do too, and everyone says. But we're going to get more obedient and follow through. Come on. We tried obedience school for one of our German shepherds one time. Really, I think it's to train the, the adult, the, the person. Come on, are you with me? The human. You know, the slip collar and so forth, and they walk you and turn and try to get, you know, the dog to just follow and stop when you stop and so forth. Really, I'm, I, it's like, come on, Lord, do that to all of us where our eye is upon you. Mark, I don't, man, I read my Bible, and it's not making sense, and this and that. Just keep going forward. Keep the priority relationships right. Walk with God. Talk to him. Let the word come alive in your life, and you will inch by inch, your faith will begin to grow and mature. I don't want to be 85 years old in spiritual pampers. I don't want any of us that. Well, just, just pray for me, and it's all going to be fine. No, you have to have a walk of faith. You learn so much from an animal. Uh, our, this one German shepherd was just amazing. And uh, I'd go out at night and pray and sit on our porch. We have a wooden porch. If I sat down and he'd come up and he would sit and get so close so, and just keep nudging so close. And I could talk or sing or pray or whatever. And he's just looking at me. And when I said the word now, everybody say now, he would take, he, he was huge. He'd take his front paw and just throw his whole body over my lap. <laughs> it's kind of like having Michael, our youngest son, sitting on your lap. How many know Michael? Are, he's so big. He'll be here in two weeks, too. And he just, he just wants you to pet him and talk to him. He could not get close enough. And how many people run from God that say they love him? How many people blame God or mad at God or pout or whatever? We can't do that, folks. Walk with him. Lord, I don't, you be real with him. Lord, I don't understand this, don't like this, but I'm a, man, I'm going to cling to you, and you're going to walk with me, and I'm going to walk with you. And everyone says, yes. Your next lesson, you want your faith to grow? Walk with the Lord. Galatians 5, keep in step with the Spirit. Just every day, Lord, what are you doing today? Have you even asked the Lord that? Lord, what, what, do I have an assignment today? Is there someone I'm supposed to call? What do you have for me today, Lord, that I don't see it in my personal agenda at the moment? Why not? And he'll walk with you and he'll show you something. Amen? And everybody says. One more for today. Noah's lesson. Act on God's word. Act on God's word. Just kind of outlining Hebrews 11. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Noah. Yes, sir. I want you to build an ark. What's that? It's a boat. What's a boat? Here are the mention, dimensions. Just go build it. 
estimated 120 years to build it. The ark was built. It was built out of gopher wood. Do you know why? (laughs) (laughs) Noah told the men, go for wood. So, all right. All right. So he's building. Hey, God. Yeah. Why in the world am I doing this? It's going to rain. Okay. What's rain? He had not seen it before. I mean, Noah was acting on something he had not seen. And how many times have I heard people say, well, when I see it, then I believe it. I just want to go pow. Spiritually, not literally. I don't know, maybe something. <laughs> Come on, you know what I'm talking about? We've got to get over this limited, critical, judgmental thing against God or ourself and just surrender afresh, as Jeanette even said at the beginning. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. Friends, family, this is faith. Now, here we go. Here's your lesson. Faith listens to the nudge and takes a step. Now, he's not going to have you go build an ark because it's not going to have that type of flood again. And you don't have 120 years to get it done anyway, right? (laughs) But he's nudging. He's nudging you today and will resist. Praise me with all your heart. Well, I'm not going to open my mouth. No, I'm, you know what I'm saying. We just, I'm not going to lift my hand. Go witness to that person. Lord, get someone else to do it. He nudges us. He nudges us. So take a step. Maybe for some today, he's nudging you. Hey, give me your heart. Here I am again, just telling you, I I want your life. He wants your life. Then those who know the Lord, come on, I want you to be a a, a stronger witness. I want to get a hold of your mouth. Ooh, what comes out of our mouth? Help us, Lord. Follow me in water baptism. Receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You'll never know faith until you act on the Word of God in your life. You'll never know faith until you act on the Word of God in your life. You'll never know faith until you act on the Word of God in your life. Last week, remember the prayer of faith, point one, it begins with a word. And the way you get a word is in the Word. So get in the Word until you get a word that becomes your word. Listen, I know, I know, I, I have it too. He's been nudging you to be whatever. Whatever it is. Take the step of faith. He's nudging you because he loves you. He believes in you. Noah acted on God's word. Do I act on his word? That's my question. Faith says, I don't get it. I don't even fully understand it. It don't make sense. Not sure how, when, and all that. It's going to work out. But I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to follow through. I'm going to Act on your word. Now, I'll show you just one more verse, and then Chris and Dre will come back up. This is not in regards to Noah. It's really about Abraham, but it gets this point across. Okay, ready? Last verse. You see that his faith, Abraham's faith, and his actions were working together. Yes. 
Okay, let's, let's do this again. His faith and his actions were working together. During COVID, your faith and actions have to work together. Your faith and actions work together. Okay, three more people got it. Your faith and actions work together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And he didn't make it happen. He just trusted the Lord. And forward in faith. Man, I want this to be such a wonderful year for your family, for your children, grandchildren, your work environment, your home, your relationships, your health, every aspect of your life. How many of you want to be able to go forward in faith and learn from Hebrews 11 and apply it? Chris and Drew, come on up. Okay, if you're going to do that, well, Abraham's lesson. I'm going to put God first. I'm going to put him first. Priority matters. Your time, your affection, your finances. Enoch's lesson. I'm going to walk with God. Step by step, include the Lord in your life. And Noah's lesson. I'm going to act on God's word. Well, if he's first and I stay in step with God, it really becomes much easier than to act on his word and obey his word. Let's stand. I'm going to ask ministry team, come on down right now. Just come on down. Maybe something tugged on your heart, and I'm going to ask you to act in faith. Get get one of these precious people to pray with you, and they might then ask you to pray with them. That's how this works. Come on. If you, you need one of these things that we talked about, you need the lesson from Abel or Enoch or Noah to just come alive in your life. Come on down and let's let someone pray with you. We're going to start worshiping. Don't allow intimidation or anything to stop you. It's our privilege and our joy to agree with you that these lessons in faith are going to become mighty lessons in your own life. So let's worship a moment.